Good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? So good to see you. My name is Troy. Me and my wife, Darla, get the incredible privilege to pastor Victory Church, and it is so good to see. If you're visiting with us, we want to say welcome. So glad you would join us on this Sunday morning. Do me a favor. Uh, I want you to give yourself a hand real quick. Go ahead and do this right here. Go ahead and do this right here. The church, we've only six months old, and the church is already such an outward-focused church that I love that every time when I walk from uh, the lobby coming into service, I have to pass by this school supplies box that is literally, I think they've added a box now because it's overflowing, and I just love how outward-focused you are as a church, and so I want to celebrate that. Listen, the month of August is going to be crazy for us. As you already heard, we're going to have baby dedications. We're going to have our second time for water baptism, so you want to get signed up for that. going to be an incredible opportunity. Uh, next Sunday is Tuesday teacher recognition. And look, it's not just the teachers here. We are going to recognize the teachers here and give them the supplies, pray over them. But if anybody is in our church and you're a teacher, we want to pray and recognize or pray over you and recognize you as well. And to wrap all of that up in the month of August, we're going to start a brand new series called My Best Life, okay? I'm so excited about this series, and here's why. Because it is about how God created us for community, And so along with this series, as this series comes to a close, we will launch officially Victory Small Groups. And I'm so excited about that. They'll be meeting all throughout the city during different times of the week and month and so on. And so we're pumped about that, just giving us up for what's going to be a really good uh, fall season for us as a church. And we're going to do something real creative during this series, kind of fun, that I wanted to invite you to join us in. So it's going to be over social media. So if you have Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, we don't do Tinder or any of those things. But uh, Instagram. Instagram or Facebook, we want you to be a part of this. So every week I'm going to introduce a theme, and that theme will take us into the next week, and you're posting a picture that connects with that theme. And so you'll hashtag the church, and we'll be able to connect. And, and the logo for The Best Life, and you'll see, and, and it'll make all, all kinds of sense next week, is going to be kind of like a wall in your living room where you have all the collage of pictures. And so every week we'll pick a winner, and then we'll put that winner's picture into one of the picture frames on the logo. And so as the graph and series builds, your picture will be on there. And so I'm going to come up every week and I'm going to start it off by showing you a picture that I have that falls into that theme. And all of them are community driven. And so the theme for this week coming up, so this Monday to to Sunday, is I'm asking you to go eat a meal with some friends, okay? So breakfast, lunch, dinner, you can see us, we're hanging out. We had just done an escape room. And then these are, you're going to have a really hard time topping me because these are milkshakes from Burger Republic, okay? And yes, I do have the cookie butter milkshake. So you're thankful for that. But you're just going to post your picture and then there's a hashtag T and Victory, hashtag my best life. Don't do my best life without T and Victory because it's a popular thing. All right, so T and Victory, my best life. Post it. We'll pick it by the end of the week and embarrass you by putting it up on the screen. Cool? Are y'all good with being able to participate in that, right? Those of you that have Instagram, social media, let's see how many of y'all actually participate in social media type events. Don't let me be the winner, okay? I don't want them coming on. You got to use your picture because we have no other pictures. Go out and do community with one another, and it's going to start birthing that idea in us. Cool? You ready for the word? Open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to read from verses 9 and 10. Now listen, throughout this message, I'm going to be jumping through a lot of verses. Sometimes in here, we'll, we'll just kind of go through verses, and sometimes we're jumping from verse to verse. And this is why I always encourage you to take notes here. Always take notes, because sometimes I can't walk you through the context of the verse I'm using, and so it allows you to go back and kind of read the context read the context, and make sure I'm not crazy and different things. And so, uh, But Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 is going to kind of be the root of the verse in which we're talking about. So 
before we read that, let me explain the series that we're in. So we said we start the best life. We just finished seven, How to Hear the Voice of God, where we did an eight-week series on how to better hear the voice of God that I thought was incredible. I enjoyed it, church. You enjoy it? All right, just me. Cool. Um, and then there was, we just right in the middle, we found two weeks, and I said, hey, listen, we kind of need to reroute, we kind of need to recalibrate ourselves as a church. We're getting ready for a really big fall. We've got a lot of serving opportunities. We're going to see a lot of growth. We've got small groups launching. You ever been using GPS and you go the wrong way, and Siri will be like, rerouting, you know, you know what I'm talking about, rerouting, or rerouting. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to kind of reroute ourselves and get ourselves ready for the fall. And so last week, we talked about managing the buckets in our life. And we had buckets for everything, for family, for time, for relationships, for our job. And we talked about how you and I spend our entire life trying to manage these buckets well. And then when we manage one well, one kind of slips and we get frustrated at ourselves. And we said, hey, listen, John 15 says, remain in me, abide in me. And so we introduced the Jesus bucket. And I got in the bucket, if you were here, and we talked about putting all of those buckets in the Jesus bucket. And if you remain in Christ, Christ will manage everything for you, and you don't have to worry about that, but you're allowing God to manage your family and God to manage your job, and it just really blessed me. If I could preach one message every four weeks, just kind of a reminder, I'd preach that one, just to kind of remind us, to reroute us into, hey, we're supposed to be allowing God to manage our life, not us. And so we're in the bucket, and this week I want to talk about giving from the bucket, Okay, giving from the bucket. Now, I was realizing as I was writing this message, since we planted Victory Church six months ago, I've never preached on giving. I've never preached on tithing. I've, you know, obviously, I've mentioned it. I've talked about it. Brian Hogwood has come at the end and kind of done a, a, an illustration, and he'll take up tithes and offerings and those kind of things. But, but I've actually never preached on it since we opened the church. It doesn't mean it's not important. But I do want to, if you're visiting with us, listen, this is not something we, we're not a church that talks about tithing all the time. Um, and and I, you need to understand, I don't expect you to, to give necessarily off of what I'm saying, but here's what you need to hear. The principle still applies to every one of us, okay? It still applies. And so um, the, the more I looked into it, I said, listen, they need to understand that this is important. There's over 2,000 verses in the Bible about money. That's more than prayer and faith combined, right? So I know it's important. I also know it's important because the Bible says where your treasure is, so your heart will be. So obviously it's important. Here's how I really know it's important, because you and I, our lives are dictated by our finances, right? So we know it's important, but here's why I really want to take time and teach theology and bust some myths about it, is because more and more I'm seeing Christians and churches feel free to get in the bucket. We don't mind giving Jesus our family bucket, right? I don't know how to parent these kids without you, Jesus. I don't know how to be a good husband without you. We don't mind giving them our job bucket because I need a raise and I need a better job. But most Christians seem to get in the bucket and then purposely leave the financial bucket out. Almost like I'll let you manage me, but then I would rather manage my finances. And yet we want God to bless them. And so I'm just going to take these two verses. We're going to break them up a little bit. And here's what Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce. This does not mean when you go grocery shopping, you should pick out your strawberries and bring them over here by Victory Church, all right? It's not what that means. I'm going to explain this in a minute. But with the first fruits of all of your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Let's break this down, right? right st- let's start right off the bat with honor the Lord. I want to talk to you first about the principle 
of tithing, the principle of tithing, okay? Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first of your produce, the first fruits of your produce. Now, that word tithe that you guys hear a lot of times, that's kind of an archaic word. We, we, don't, we don't really use that word in our vernacular today, right? We, we're not like in the drive through line using the word tithe. It's kind of a, really the only time we use the word tithe is when we're talking church. But the word tithe means tenth portion, tenth. The word tithing, so the verb version of it, means bringing the tithe, okay? Because you're not giving to God what's yours. You're bringing back to him what was already his. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the origination of tithing, the origination of the tenth portion, all this began in Genesis chapter 4, and it began with the concept of first fruits. I studied these verses over the week, and I'd never really seen them this way before, and um, it really kind of, kind of opened up to me today, and I want to I kind of help you, want to walk you through this study. Watch this, Genesis chapter 4. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. That's important for you because you need to understand that was their jobs. That was the way they made money, okay? So Abel made money through livestock. Cain made money through produce. So when you would get a paycheck, they had produce. When you would get a paycheck, they had flocks, okay? So that's how they made money. So Abel, flocks, Cain, produce. He worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Cool? And... Abel also brought an offering, fat portion from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor, whoop, cut off, where'd it go? The Lord looked with favor on Abel, is what it ends up saying, but he did not look on favor, or didn't look at favor on to Cain, okay? So you got Abel, you got Cain. God shows favor to Abel, but he doesn't show favor to Cain. What happened? Why does God show favor to Abel and, and to not Cain? The, the thing that we naturally want to go to is this. Well, Cain didn't give as much as Abel, right? That's, that's how our mind tends to go. It goes to amount. We tend to think that God likes us the more we give kind of concept. And so it's like, all right, well, then Cain didn't give as much. But if you read the verses, it said they both gave what? Some. So you, you have this generic amount. And according to these verses, which we can only go by the verses, Abel and Cain gave the same amount. But God saw favor in Abel and didn't see favor in Cain. Why? Let me show you. Put those verses back up. I want to be able to point out to you the difference in their offerings, okay? So Cain, some of the fruits of the soil. Watch this. Some fat portions from some of the firstborn of the flock. So there's a first fruit concept. Abel gave from the first while Cain gave possibly, of the last. So this is kind of how the tithing thing begins. So in Genesis chapter 4, you got Cain, you got Abel, they're giving a first fruits, all right? So the first fruits concepts produced. And then in Genesis 14, 20, Abraham turns it to an amount. Now all of a sudden, watch this, and praise be to God, most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand, then Abram, who eventually turns into Abraham, gave him a tenth of everything. So I'm, I'm teaching you the, 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 or, the origination or the, origination, the, uh, the originality of, of tithing. So it starts with, with Cain and Abel. It begins as first fruits, giving first fruits. And then Abraham puts an amount on it in Genesis 14, 20. Now it's the tenth portion. So we didn't just make this up, right? There wasn't just a bunch of pastors sitting around going, how much money do we want to get? You know? So there was a tenth portion. And then God, through Moses, makes it a law. And it's, you can find this in Leviticus. And we have a verse from Exodus that says, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best 
of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. So what began as first fruits with Cain and Abel became a tenth of everything with Abraham. And then by God through Moses, it became the law that, watch this, the people of God would provide for the house of God. Here's the problem. At some point, we allowed the principle to keep going and we lost the passion. We forgot why it all started. Here's why I think God really looked on favor of Abel instead of Cain. is because with Abel, it was a heart response. He, he was looking at all that God had done for him, right? He was operating in the cattle, the livestock, the sheep. And so he's looking at all that God's blessed him with. And he knows, I couldn't do this without God. And so I'm looking at all that God's done for me, and I'm in such gratitude of all that God's done for me that I want to give him the best of the best. You know what I mean? I want to give him the firstborn. What's the, what's the best-looking lamb I got? I want to offer. I don't want to give him the side chick. You know, I don't want to give him the little, little lamb over there that's got like one leg. And you know, I want to give him the best of the best. I want to be able to give that to God as gratitude and worship in my heart that, God, you gave this to me, and I love you, and I thank you, and I worship you. This is what people mean when they say tithing is a sense of worship. I thought this was interesting. I'm sitting there and I'm worshiping as Jamal's singing here in your presence. And he's just talking about how he pours out his prayer. We're just, we're getting at it. We're worshiping. I'm thinking, wow, this is the same concept of tithing, right? Because what I'm doing is I'm acknowledging the greatness of God and the greatness he is in my life. And so when I give first and I give my best, then I'm worshiping God and acknowledging the greatness of God and the greatness he has given me. Meanwhile, Cain said, ah, I don't know. Why don't just, those strawberries that look like they got some worms on them, just grab those because we got to give some to God and give that to God. And it becomes a difference in a heart response. And I think Abel knew what they were talking about in Deuteronomy. And I want to show you this in Deuteronomy chapter 8. It says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But you'd be wrong. But remember, the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. He's the reason you woke up this morning. He's the reason you had legs and were able to get into the shower. If you walk like this, sorry, it's been leg day in the gym. Um, you get in the shower and then you go to work. And if you work with your hands or if you work with your brain or if you work with your eyes or if you work with your ears, whatever it is that you're working with, it's God. It's thanks to God that you can even do it. And if you ever question that, just remember what it's like when you get deathly sick. You know what I mean? The kind of sick where you can't go to work. And now the bills back up. You can't get paid. And you start to realize, man, I'm so glad when I'm healthy and I can work. Well, who gave you, who gave you the job you have to begin with? God. So Abel understood, I've got this, but I've only got it because of how good God is to me. And so because God is good, I can't wait to give him the first fruit. Listen to me. Tithing will prove. Tithing will prove. It'll be the evidence that to you, your source of your resource is God. And when we don't tithe, we are saying that the source of our resource comes from somewhere else. And I don't know about you, but I don't want my source of my resource to be my job. Because then when my check stops, my resource stops. 
right? I, I rely on the availability of a paycheck or a job. But when the source of my resource is God, then things are able to hap- happen supernaturally beyond the natural. I, I know a family in the church that, because listen, when I say stuff like that, people are like, you say, God's going to write me another check? <laughs> no. Maybe, but, you know, I, he's done crazier things. He has talked through a bush before. Um, but, but, but the concept is more God will find ways to be able to bless you. Bills will be cheaper than they normally are. He'll use people. I was going to tell the story. We had this family in this church. They're, they're, they're faithful tithers, and they found themselves in a place where they needed to be able to have work done. I think, I think it was on their, maybe their washer or their dryer, and so they were trying to budget and figure out how they're going to pay for the, for, the, for the fix, and so they contacted another family in the church and a, a man that could kind of work on stuff like that, and they were kind of asking him, like, hey, could you fix this for us, thinking, you know, at least that'll be a, a, a lesser charge than if we had, like, a, a professional business, and so they kept trying to catch up, and one day, the, the uh, the family who needed the washer and dryer ran into the guy they've been trying to contact. He was driving to their house with a brand new washer and dryer in the back of his truck. Just bought him a brand new washer and dryer. That's what I'm talking about. When you allow God to be the, the, the source of your resource, things will happen that go beyond your understanding. You know what I mean? So there's the principle of tithing. It's biblical, yes, but it has way more to do with my heart. It's less to do with my money and more to do with my heart. Now there's the practice of tithing. I thought this would be fun to like illustrate for you, right? Because, you know, we need to be able to see these kind of things. And so all throughout the Bible, we, it's referring to money as fruit. And I'm going to tell you why later, why I think you don't see dollar dollar bills, y'all, and, and, and instead you see fruit. And so let's just say somebody got paid, all right? Here's your paycheck, all right? You got a really good job, okay? So you just got paid, and, and there it is, bang. Uh, you, you go into the bank, right? You get it cash, and now you got it. And here's the process by which we operate with our finances. So we get our paycheck, bang, and now we got to pay the bills. So right off the bat, put you over there. We're going to pay for where we live. Some of y'all live in an apartment. Some of y'all trying to act crazy, you live in these big houses, so it takes a little bit more. See, paycheck already falling apart because you got too big of a house. So you had to pay for your house. Now you got to pay for the car, right? So you got to be able to pay for the car, put that money over there. Some of y'all, you know, your car is a little crazy. Some of y'all riding on rims, you know, you got to put that over there. So there we go. Um, And then you got car insurance. Don't forget about that. Car insurance and House insurance, renter's insurance. Now, what else we got? Anybody, what else else y'all paying for? Anybody got Netflix? Paying for Netflix? All right, here we go. So you want to Netflix and read the Bible. So there we go. We're going to put that Netflix, not Netflix and chill, Netflix, read the Bible. And then some of you need Netflix and Hulu. So you got them both. You put them over there. And then let's see, uh, any of y'all go to the gym? Anybody got gym membership? Nope. Okay. So gym membership, for those of you that don't go, those of you that do go, gym membership, we got it over there. Um, Let's process through. Cell phones. Y'all got cell phones? Yep. So we got to pay for the cell phone. Got to be able to pay the cell phone payment. All right. Um, what else are we working with? Who? What? Yeah, utilities. We got to take a shower, right? Got to smell good, especially if you got gym membership. So here we go. All right. So you need utilities. What else we got? Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi. All right. Man, we, we got a lot of bills. All right. Uh, anybody else? What else we got? What am I missing? Who? Insurance. What else? Groceries. And if you live with my wife... This is groceries, you know what I'm saying? So now I got groceries, and so, all right, we, how many of if you go to Kroger, right? If you go to Publix, right? If you go to Publix, you know, you go to Food Lion, 
You know, we just be able to register. Right, so we got groceries. I done dropped Adam and Eve's issue. All right, so there we go. What else we got? We got groceries. Anybody eat out? Y'all eat out? Y'all trying to play dumb now? I see y'all at Chili's. All right, so we, we'll eat out. We eat out over here. Oh, by the way, I forgot. I got kids, right? They got to do stuff too. So um, we'll start with their school supplies right here, and then we'll go with, um, you know, their clothes. They need some clothes. They need some clothes. They need some clothes. They keep growing out the clothes. They need some clothes. All right, there we go. Um, Am I missing anything? Child care. Anybody want to do child care for this? Anybody want to do? No? Okay. All right. Here we go. So we got to pay some child care. I heard gas. I forgot. We do got to actually make the vehicle move, right? So, all right. So we get some gas over here. What else are we working with? Man. Eat that. Preach. Preach that. Now all of a sudden, we got we to change the oil in the car. Some of y'all trying to eat that later. Um, change the tires. There we go. Put you over there. Um, anything else? Doctor. You got a doctor. Oh, side note. Y'all gonna have any fun? Y'all gonna watch a movie? You gonna go on a date night? Right? There we go. All right. Put that over there. There we go. And then, anything else we find out? We need all kinds of other stuff. And by the time we get done. There you go, God. I covered all of me. Hmm. May need a few more things. There you go, God. But, well, you know what? <sighs> Gonna need this. Gonna need that. You are great. You do miracles so great. I worship you, God. Hmm. What's off here? This was the Cain process for managing his finances. Here's the thing. Now, obviously, this stinks because then all of a sudden the other car tire goes out and there goes that. I'll get you next time, God, <laughs> right? Here's what really stinks about this situation, and we'll, we'll go ahead and give it a little bit more. Is when we act like this, watch this. This is what we give God to manage. We managed this. We let God manage this. And we wonder why our finances aren't being blessed. But if we do it Abel's way, and we see the paycheck. Oh, boy, getting paid, right? Direct deposit. Here we go. And we're looking at all that God does. And here's what we do. Leviticus 27 says this, that the tenth of everything you own is holy to the Lord's. So here's the mindset. God, this is yours. I'm not even going to pretend. I'm going to pretend like I didn't even have it to begin with, right? Because I'm going to honor it with the first fruit, the pineapple. Sight fans, right? Pineapple. We're going to give this to you, God. That's yours, holy to the Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live and act like this is what I get. And I'm going to honor God with my 
first fruits, and this way I show him my heart's response is I truly worship you. I truly worship you. Now, that's fantastic, and that's great. And I could preach all day to you that simply the only reason you ever need a tithe is because you look a lot better worshiping God like this on Sunday than you do like this on Sunday, right? That, that, that's enough reason. But that's not the reason I came to preach. Here's the reason I came to preach with the bucket list. When you give God the first fruits, he gets to manage this. Think about that. Would you rather have God manage this or God manage this. And what happens when God manages this? When God manages this, number one, he starts telling you where you're dumb. Right? You don't need all of that. Wear them jeans a second time. You know what I'm saying? Cut some slits in them and make them cool. You know, kind of thing. Like manage it correctly. But I want to show you this verse in Malachi that I had really never paid attention to. But when I started thinking about the process of God managing my finances, this, this shot out to me. Watch this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. We get this. Now God says, test me in this. Okay. It's the only thing in the Bible. He says, test me in. Test me in this. Says the Lord Almighty. Watch this. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Wow! This is where, that's where we stop. Ooh, I get my Jamal going on, right? Oh, God going to bless me. God going to bless I'm going to get 20-inch rims instead of 16-inch rims. God's going to bless me. I'm going to end up with an eight-bedroom house instead of a double-bedroom apartment. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean God's going to write checks for you to do whatever you want. It means God is going to manage what you already have better than you manage it now, and it's going to look like increase when in reality it's blessing on what you already have. Okay? Now watch. Here's my favorite part. God says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. We got any mechanics in here? Any IRS people? I won't go that route. Okay. I will prevent press or pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Obviously, this is an illustration for fruit. We get it. But what it means to you and that, don't be wrong. Got to give you to Jesus. What it means is that God will manage this, and where the enemy, the devourer, tries to come and take away, God will not allow. And so God will monitor and bless and keep away the enemy, and he will not allow things to go prematurely. And he will, again, use what you already have and bless it to be able to impact other people. And now you're able, first fruits to God, now I'm able to pay the house note, and I don't have to stretch my check. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Don't have to write the, the post-dated check trying to pretend like you got money to be able to pay for something. I'm being able to pay my car, and I'm being able to do all of these things. But, but here's what I love about God. When you allow God to manage your resource, when you understand he's the source of your resource, God will open up the opportunity for you to be generous. Now, here's the secret for you, because this is where we all go wrong. When the increase shows up, because God removes a bill, because all of a sudden your taxes came back double than what they're supposed to be. And if you were smart and you let God manage your resource, you paid off a credit card instead of going out and getting that brand new iPhone. <laughs> Drop the mic, right? Oh, I'm sorry. That's wrong. That's wrong. But when the increase comes, 
It's not for us to increase ourselves, right? It came for us to be able to be used by God in a generous way to bless other people. Bible says when you increase in hope and you increase in love, don't forget to increase in generosity. And so the more that you grow in the Lord and the more God manages your resources, the reason he manages our resources is so that you can be God to other people. God will do that. Our father, according to scripture, our father owns a cattle of a thousand hills, which means he is not shortage of any resource. Doesn't mean you're going to go home and open the door and $100 bills and come flying in the door. But everything you need, you notice what word I just said? What did I say? What word did I not say? Whoa, y'all are so good. Apple for the teacher? Okay. Too many Apple jokes. Um, my iPhone. Getting okay. Anyway. When you let God manage, I totally forgot where I was going with that. Now, um, God is able to give you everything that you need And then he wants to use you and your resource to meet others' needs. I had a missionary friend one time. He was always faithful with his resources. He always honored the Lord with his wealth. And he found himself in a place where he knew he was supposed to go to the mission field, but he just didn't have the money. And he was telling me, he was like, that was a real hard moment for me because I was kind of questioning God in this. Like, I've been so faithful in honoring you with with my tithes and I've even given offerings. And now here I go wanting to go do something good for you, God. And I don't have the resource. And so he struggled with that for, for days. And so one day he wakes up and he's praying and God said, go to the airport. He's like, I don't, I don't have the money. Like, it's a waste of time. I don't even have the money really for the gas. God said, go to the airport. He goes to the airport. Now, y'all have been to airports before. You can only go so far without a ticket and you're just wasting your time. And so he's just kind of walking around the lobby and God says, look at the time. Find the gate. This is what God told him. Uh, find the gate that you would have to leave on for your plane. So he does. He's like, I don't, know, I don't have a ticket. I can't get through. He's walking around. And true story, he told me this. This guy walks right up to him and he goes, hey, are you so-and-so? And he was like, yeah. He said, God told me to give you this. Handed him an envelope, walked off open the envelope, more than enough money to be able to buy the ticket to where he was going and be able to put more gas in his car. That's how God operates. Not only will he get you there, he'll put gas in your car in the process. You see what I'm saying? Like that's the way God operates with his resource. But we struggle so bad trying to manage our own money because we think we know how. And because we don't want to put that bucket in the bucket that is Jesus, we keep trying and we keep trying. And listen, no one, I, I don't think anybody has ever withheld their tithe because they didn't like God. Or because they didn't think God needed, you know, sh- sh- deserved the money. I think it just comes to a point where we're in fear because we don't know how to manage it well. And we understand, well, if we can take it from God to be able to pay the ones that are knocking on our front doors, threatening to, to evict us, then the time will come where we'll be able to give God because he ain't going anywhere. And we start processing all this in our head. And God said, that's the number one sign that you're managing it and I'm not. Let me say this statement. I'm going to say this for a lot of, a lot, a lot of years in the, in the future. God will pay for everything that you want to do in your life, every, every purpose and will and plan that he has for your life and for this church if we will tithe. Let me say it again. God will pay for everything he's called you to do and everything he's called this church to do if we will tithe. There will never be a place where we're at need I wanted so bad to be able to share with you. I wanted to present this message right before we start the fall. I wanted to share with you where we are, where we are financially, and it was kind of hard to get the plan together and put it in your hands. But I wanted to just share a couple of things that are really exciting. 
Did you know that we as a church tithe? We tithe as a church. Every time that we take up tithes and offerings, that Sunday, our CFO department, they take 3% of what we got and put it into a missions account and 7% and put it into savings. Our goal is to move into a place where we put 10% into missions and 10% into savings, and we only live and operate as a church off of 80% of what we bring in because we want to be good stewards of what God's given us. We as a church right now have over $30,000 in savings. We are a debt-free church, right? So you can give God praise for that. You know how that happens? Because we allowed God to manage what we were doing. And God has always met our need. Once again, I go back to the school supplies. Just incredible how people have been able to come in and provide. God is always meeting the need because we know, God, if you're the source of my resource, then it doesn't matter when the check stops. I rely on God. These are the kind of thoughts that will get you through a job that you lose get you through a hard time when you understand that God's working your life and he doesn't need you to have that situation. You're in his hand. God is the source of our resource. So the principle of tithing is it starts right here. Heart. We give because it's worship to God. I give because I want God to have the best, the first fruits. I want him to understand that I worship him in every aspect of my life. And when I get in the bucket, I want all the buckets in the bucket. The practice of tithing is to let him manage your money. I'm not asking to manage money. <laughs> I'm asking God to manage mine. Ask God to manage your money, the principle and the practice. And I thought this would be kind of fun to end on today. And that's the potential of tithing. The potential. Again, Proverbs 3.10 says, Then, then the barns, right, will be filled and the vats will be bursting with wine. Then, then. Then, y'all understand the conjunction then, means when we honor God with our wealth, then these things happen. That goes back to God managing our money. But I thought more about this, and here was the thought I wanted to present to you. We've spent six months developing the culture of this church to be an outward-focused church. We try not to focus inward. And I have more than enough verses in the Bible to how God blesses us individually when we honor him with our wealth. I could spend another hour walking you through verse to verse to verse to talk about blessing for us. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about, real quick, before I close, the potential of tithing that most of us never think about. I went home to my in-law's house, took my kids to see them for a week before school started, and my father-in-law has this ridiculous garden in his backyard, and he grows, all, he had like five-gallon buckets of cucumbers and I get there, and I'm looking at him, like, man, this is crazy. And my favorite thing to eat that he cooks is jalapeno poppers. He stuffs them with cream cheese, wraps them in bacon. Feel free to send them to me. Um, love them, love them. And we're sitting in this kitchen, and he grabs, and his jalapeno peppers are so big. And he goes, these, I bought these seeds. They were the jumbo jalapeno pepper. Thought. Now, I was going to ask a question. And, and to some of you, this question might make a whole lot of sense. Whoa. But, or it might not make a lot of sense, but to me, it sounded like a smart question. I said, how did they know that it was a seed for a jumbo jalapeno pepper? You ever seen a seed before? I got one. Don't worry. This is a seed. <laughs> I've never been able to look at one and go like, oh, yeah, 
That's a jumbo jalapeno pepper right there. Got it written all over it. Like, that, that never happens. And so I asked him. I thought it was a great question. He looked at me like I was a complete idiot, right? I was just like, how do they know? And his answer made a lot of sense to me. He said, they have to sow it. They have to plant it. So what you're saying is they didn't know. They had to take the seed. They had to put it in the ground. And then when it grew, they went, oh, that's a jumbo jalapeno pepper. And then they took the seeds of the jumbo jalapeno peppers, and they could label them seeds of jumbo jalapeno peppers. Wow. So you're telling me that the potential of what's in a seed, you'll never know until you sow it. I'll say this again at this side. They got it. I don't know if y'all got it. You're telling me that this seed, the little seed that I get, I'll never know what it produces. I'll never know what it can produce. Because here's the other thing about seeds. I'm coming back. I'll come back. Y'all, y'all, y'all are starting to get it. Come back over here. Here's the cool thing about seeds. You don't know how much it'll produce. Some seeds will pop out 10 peppers. Some seeds will pop out two. Some seeds will pop out 20 peppers. You never know, right? Y'all let the, okay, we'll come back. So the potential of how many or what's in it, you won't know until you sow it. Let me tell you how much God loves me. I wrote this sermon days ago before I knew that this couple, Bill and Ann Hobbs, were going to be here today. You don't know Bill and Ann Hobbs, but they're friends, spiritual figures in my life from Memphis, Tennessee. Met them in our church in Memphis, and they poured into my and Darla's lives for years. Incredible people. Prayer warriors. I could tell you, he had a, I don't know if you still do the bike ministry. Just incredible stuff. About a year and nine months ago, maybe, give or take some time, we held a dinner back in Memphis, Tennessee, me and the team that moved from Memphis, and we provided lasagna <laughs> or something, and we invited spiritual parents in our lives to come to this dinner, and they sat at little round tables, and one of my, one of my pastors, Ron Woods, got up and shared about the church. Now, again, Miss Debbie, are you able to put the logo up for me by any chance? If you got it, I'm so sorry to throw that on you. At, at this moment, in time, the logo of, I'm sorry, the logo of Victory Church. I'm sorry. You can even do that one with the little lines and the blue stuff. <laughs> See how production savvy I am. Um, at that season of our life, the only thing we knew about Victory Church was this. That's all we had. Ta-da! We need you to pour money into This. We didn't have any of you there going, oh, could you please, please plant this church because I'm going to find my purpose and I'm going to be able to serve and my family members are going to get saved and I'm going to be baptized. It's going to be great. I'm going to get engaged. And all this crazy stuff is going to happen. I can't wait over the church. We didn't have that. You had about 20 people sitting there with that dog pout face. Please. And so we cast the vision of the church and then we gave everybody, there was about 50, 60 people there and we gave them an opportunity to either A, sow a seed right there, write a check for the church, or to kind of commit to like a monthly gift until we launch the church. And Bill and Ann, I won't give the amount, 
It's like 10 million, I'm kidding. Um, wrote us a check. Victory Church. This is, this is what they had. They had no idea the potential in this seed. But who manages their money? So they trust God. And they say, we'll give you the seed, God. You show us the potential. I'm going to show you the potential. Y'all mess with me. I used to think that the events I experienced were a reasonable excuse for not having a relationship with God because why would terrible things happen if this was someone who was supposed to love his children? It took many, many years and finally finding the right church home for me to realize that these events were an excuse. They were a testimony of God's love for me. My mother was 17 when she had me. My dad was 22. Although healthy, my brother and I were both born addicted to drugs due to our mother's drug use during both pregnancies. Our dad and uncle both sold drugs, were always in trouble with the law and other gang members. My mother left when I was two, and since our dad was in and out of jail, our grandparents took custody of us. At my grandparents' house, I was raised in a Christian environment, and I attended a private Christian school. We attended church, but due to our constant church hopping, I didn't have a stable church home. We finally settled into a church home thanks to some friends, but I realized it was real cliquish. Kind of if you weren't born in the church, you weren't really a member. I began enjoying church less and less, and I would beg not to go. Then came the hardest time in my life. My father died. He had been battling cancer and became addicted to his prescription pain meds and was killed in a car accident. It was my 13th birthday, something I never thought would happen. I fell into a deep depression, didn't talk about how I felt. I began having suicidal thoughts and attempted suicide multiple times. This really strained my relationship with God, obviously, because I felt like the person who was supposed to love me allowed this to happen. Imagine this, you're, you're writing this check. When I began dating my boyfriend, we talked about finding a church. At first I was reluctant because church had always been a place I had to go to, not a place I wanted to go to. Our friend Blake told us about victory. At first, I'm thinking this place won't be any different. I didn't want to give it a chance, so I came in with a terrible mood and was so ready to judge everything without giving it a chance. Dream Team, you ready? Here comes you. As soon as I walked in the door, someone met me and gave me this huge hug. We touch here. Started talking to me like they had known me for years. I felt so welcomed as I walked down the hall. My anger and reluctant attitude left with each person who greeted us. Listen, first impressions, don't you for a second think that God ain't using you, okay? I lost my place. I don't even know. Where'd I go? When worship started, I timed it. I love this. When worship started, I timed it, and I was super pleased with not only the talent and lack of it. That's not what she meant. Typo. Oh, lack of it just being a show. There we go. I just can't read. Uh, talent and lack of it just being a show. It also only took 20 minutes. <laughs> Wait till we get a bass player. We're going to go for an hour. I'm just kidding. When Troy began to preach, I was nervous about whether I'd like it or not because I've never enjoyed a preacher's words before. And at the end of the sermon, I was so moved and uplifted. That night, I went home and I opened my Bible for the first time in 10 years. And I wept from the amount of happiness I felt. 
We ain't done. Gets, I mean, it doesn't get better, but it. I asked my boyfriend if he could come back the next week, and we never stopped attending. I'm now happy to say that I'm ready to get baptized and strengthen my walk with Christ, all because of victory and the people who attend. Not me. She goes on to say thank you to the church. I thought, God, you're so... mm, that on the weekend we're talking about sowing a seed in which you can't see the potential. You would bring in a couple who sowed a seed and they had no idea of the potential. What you sowed became this. Excuse me, rocker. And inside of her is more what? Seeds. Because right now as we do this, she's serving V-Kids. And she's already talking to people about coming and committing their life to Jesus. And you heard her say, in a couple weeks, she's getting baptized. Listen, yes, it's a heart response. Yes, it's about God letting, letting, letting God manage your money. But it's more about not withholding the seed from God so that he can use it and plant it and grow the potential. Here's what I've learned. More fruit, more seeds. More fruit, more seeds. At the end of this year, we're going to take up a love offering. We're going to cast a vision for 2019 for the souls that we believe will be saved, for the people that we believe will be baptized, marriages that will be healed. And you'll have the opportunity to believe God in a big way in your finances. I'm so happy to report that majority of our church tithes because you are an outward-focused church. It's incredible. I, I continue to thank God for how incredible you are as a church. But I just want to take a moment and let you realize it's never been about the principle. It's about the souls. It's about the people who are giving their life to Jesus. 41 people in the past six months have committed their life to Jesus. Incredible. We had a family here last Sunday and the husband raised his hand to commit his life to Christ. Because you are faithful to let God plant the seeds that you receive in the fruit that you work for. You honor the Lord with your wealth. Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, we magnify your name. We glorify your name. We thank you, Jesus, that you have the ability to take something so, in in, in our minds, something that lacks so much and produce potential from it. Salvations and souls and people that live for you and lead to other salvations and souls. So I thank you right now, God. I thank you that you will manage our money, and I thank you that you will cross every T and dot every I. I think that's a huge part of our lives. But I thank you more that as I honor you, God, you take the wealth that I have, and you make vats that are bursting and barns that can't hold. But it's not of more resource 
but it's of people living for you and the kingdom of God. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said...